Hi, and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in Highland Park and New Brunswick. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode, Genuine Experience, is the fourth in our series called Surprising, How Easter Changes Everything, with the conversation being led by speaker Yukon Chu. As we transition now into uh, our time of reflection and engagement with the, uh, the teachings and the scriptures of Jesus, as you all know, as you, if you don't know, you know now, uh, today is Easter, right? And uh, we are obviously going to have a conversation and discussion around this event of Easter. But before we jump into it, I got to say, I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, uh, holidays, especially holidays that are around religious events and religious events where I'm supposed to feel kind of positive, holidays can be a bit disappointing. Um, Holidays sometimes make me feel like this person here, where I'm supposed to have on a face of excitement, of joy, of like, oh, this is great. But deep down, I'm, I'm a little confused. And the reason why I think holidays are confusing, and especially the holiday of Easter, is because, well, let's take a step back first. First of all, we know that the events of Easter are somewhat straightforward and pretty amazing, right? There was a person uh, named Jesus who was God coming to our earth. God came to earth in Jesus to help us, to save us from the destruction, the dysfunction, the evil in our lives and in our world. He did that through taking all that onto himself and taking the consequences of those things and so facing death on our behalf. And after three days of being dead, he rose from the dead, rose from the grave. He came back alive to kind of prove to the world that indeed he had accomplished all that he set out to accomplish, that indeed the consequences of evil and brokenness were all taken care of. Death was finally defeated. He came back from the dead. And so this is the Easter event. This is the Easter story. This is why people get excited about Easter. But I got to be honest. Sometimes I feel pretty detached from the excitement of this story, and perhaps you do too today. You know, some of us feel detached and not really excited about this story because, well, for us, it seems like a, a, perhaps a myth or some historical event that was just 2,000 years ago, and it's like, okay, that has no relevance to me today. Uh, others of us feel, feel detached from this because, you know, we grew up perhaps in a culture where Easter was celebrated, or we grew up uh, in an environment where we had to learn uh, the, a new culture and adapt to this holiday of Easter, and it just seems like something that's very, well, just cultural. It doesn't have really personal significance. I mean, others of us, of course, the reality is Easter may sound good, but our real everyday lives are so overwhelmed with struggle, with things going the wrong way, with just events in life not working out, that this idea of Easter and getting excited about Easter, truth be told, it just seems hard to get excited. I wonder where you might be this morning as we 
prepare to talk about Easter. How do you feel about Easter? Are you genuinely excited? That's great. But are you perhaps like me sometimes, feeling a little bit like this is a little bit fake, feeling like I have to put on a mask? Why don't you take a moment and turn to your neighbor and just let's be honest. Let's have a, let's have a moment of honesty before we dive into the story of Easter. How do you feel about Easter today at this moment? Take a minute to share your thoughts. Let's take, a, uh, let's take a quick temperature reading of the room. I, I hope you don't mind us being, having this moment of just being honest about this. Uh, how many of you genuinely feel excited about Easter? Like deep down, this is something, a positive day for you. Don't feel ashamed. This is like, this is awesome. You're just like, yes, Easter. Yeah, yeah. Some people are like, yes, please. Okay, that's great. That's great. That, I'm excited for you. Okay, great. How many of you, truth be told, you're more on the like, I kind of feel like I have to put on a mask. This is kind of like I'm not that excited. Okay, so yeah, be honest. Okay, some of you, yeah, all right, all right, good, good. You're not sure? It's somewhere in between? All right, yeah. Well, you know, our, our hope here at Athmos, every, every time we gather, is that spirituality it becomes something that's genuine. We never want to fake something. We never want to force something. Uh, we, we don't think that's healthy for our spiritual journey, our spiritual development. We don't think that's healthy for our community. And so today, our desire isn't necessarily to try to pump you up for Easter, try to, try to get you all to raise your hand and say, yes, that's me, I'm, I love this day. But at the same time, our desire here today is to hopefully give you a roadmap to how Easter might be something that's not irrelevant or maybe distant for us, but something that is genuinely helpful and hopeful. We're going to be taking a look today at one of the first stories that come from Easter. And it's a fascinating story because it's a story that involves people like you and I, people who were going through ups and downs in life, people who had put their hopes in something that were utterly disappointed, and we're going to see how Jesus actually encounters them through Easter. It's a fascinating account of not necessarily a God who is forceful to try to bring about belief, because God's never like that, but a God who invites us to explore, to engage, and to find genuine hope and spirituality. And our, our hope here today is that all of us would be able to walk out of this room a little closer to having a genuine experience. We believe that that genuine experience can come because we do believe here that Jesus is actually alive, that he is living, he is well, that this resurrection did actually happen. For those of us who may not think that is possible at all, uh, we have a number of resources uh, for you to think through that. If you follow us on Facebook, this last week we put a lot of Facebook posts about uh, you know, different professors from MIT and philosophy, like the philosophy fields, different people who, who think about this, the intellectual side of things. But for those of us looking to have an experience, we hope today this will be a helpful guide. And so take a look, if you will, at the excerpt we have on our tables today. This is an excerpt from one of the first Easter stories recorded in the biography called Luke, the biography of Jesus called Luke. And it is about these two individuals who, the day of Jesus' resurrection, 
they find themselves traveling from one city to another, and Jesus himself appears to them. It's a fascinating story that has some interesting twists and turns. Let me read through it and just get us thinking about three ideas here this morning about how we might have an encounter, a genuine encounter, with the story and the hope of Easter. Take a look at the story, if you will. I'll get started at the top. It says this. That same day, meaning the day that Jesus rose from the grave, the previous story had just talked about that, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened in the last few days. What things, Jesus said? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the, in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. These all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to sea, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus at the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. And they sat down to eat, and he took bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? You know, I love this story because of the process, the journey that these two individuals get to go on with Jesus. And it's a, it's a journey, it's a process that I think we can take a lot from this Easter as we think about how we can have a genuine experience with God himself and a genuine hope and a genuine experience with the message of Easter. You know, the story gets started by, I think, encouraging us that it's important to be honest with our disappointments. It's important to be honest with the struggles we have in faith, in life. It's important to be brutally clear that God wants us to be honest 
that this is the most helpful way. You, know, you, you see how the story gets started, right? It gets started with these two individuals expressing just their utter disappointment with what had happened to this person they had hoped in, in Jesus. Now, we need to pause here because I think sometimes we read this story and we're like, okay, well, this seems just like a, a, a random report or an accurate report of, yeah, sure, somebody was disappointed back then. These events happened to this man they had hoped in. And we can kind of just read through it very quickly and think, okay, that's, that's nice. But then go on quickly from the story. I think it's important to pause and to realize that these people in this time, in Jesus' time some 2,000 years ago, they were utterly broken because of what had just happened with Jesus. Picture this. Just kind of do this mental exercise with me, if you will. Find something in your life recently that you have been very disappointed in. Okay, just kind of right now. Find, try to find something in your mind you've, you've recently been disappointed in. This might be really easy for some of us. Uh, some of us, this may be really hard. That's okay. Whatever it is, find something. It, it may have been a relationship gone sour. It may, it may have been a financial situation that you found yourself in. It may have been, you know, disappointment with God, uh, disappointment with your parents, with your kids, whatever. Just find something you're, you're disappointed in. Okay, now, now imagine this. Imagine that you were disappointed with this situation for the majority of your life, okay? Just imagine what that might look like. Uh, perhaps, perhaps some of us, this might be easy to think about, maybe a family member, because you, those, those people tend to be around in our lives a little bit longer, okay? Now, imagine you're disappointed for this for the majority of your life, and not only were you disappointed with this, but your parents and your grandparents and your grandparents' grandparents were disappointed with the same thing, okay? And now imagine this. Imagine that three years ago, out of the blue, a solution seems to come to you. A solution seems to come in the form of, who knows, a person in the form of a pay raise, in the form of a new job, in the form of a new marriage, whatever it was. And at first you were hesitant to put all the eggs in the basket, so to speak, to hope in this opportunity. But you decided after a little bit, you know what? No, this is real. This is something I can hope in. This is somebody or a situation I'm going to put my hope in. And so you begin to trust this person or trust this thing, and you begin to put all your hope in this. And for three years it's going well, and then all of a sudden, just like that. It's completely removed, completely taken away. It completely falls apart. The business deal just goes to nothing. That's the kind of situation that these individuals found themselves in. It wasn't just like a historical event gone bad. It was like a personal hope for salvation, for deliverance, for just get me out of this situation is a personal salvation gone bad. And yet, somehow, God is just kind of walking right along, literally with them through it, right? Just walking along, listening, processing. It's important that we be honest with where we are this Easter. 
if we're going to find real hope, if we're going to find a genuine joy and happiness, God invites us to be honest. What, what continues, though, of course, is I think really fascinating as Jesus begins to give these individuals hope. Notice that Jesus doesn't just say, hey, I'm here. <laughs> it would have been easy, right? It's like, wow, that would have solved the problem, right? But no, Jesus, for the, mo- the majority of the story, he doesn't just say, hey, look, I'm here, hello, like, can you see me? But no, Jesus says, wait a second, don't you know that this has been predicted all along and that specifically these scriptures that we believe in, the scriptures that I believe in, this is Jesus talking, these scriptures have talked about me all along. And for the most of the journey, seven miles of the journey, Jesus is like talking to them about scripture. And he does it in such a way that at the end, they say that, wasn't it crazy? We knew something was different about this, this moment because our hearts were burning, meaning something deep, something profound, something spiritual was happening. It leads to the second principle that I think we need to recognize from this Easter story, and it's simply this, that as part of our search for genuine hope, Somewhere along the journey, the scriptures will have to be involved. I mean, if Jesus decided to do it here with these people, and Jesus was the one who could have just been like, hey, look, I'm here. Like, I'm going to solve the problem for you. No, he had a, why, why did he take him through the scriptures? Fascinating. You know, it's interesting. You're going to hear uh, some stories from, uh, two stories today of people getting baptized, and you can, you can probe into their journey some more. They're, they're going to talk about a number of things that brought them to Jesus. Uh, parts of it was the scriptures. But you can probe into their story some more, and, and you're going to hear the same principle here. You're going to hear that the scriptures somehow were part of this. The scriptures were part of your journey too, perhaps, as you came to know God. The scriptures will be a part of your journey as well as you're looking to get in line with this genuine hope and genuine spiritual experience. Where are you today with the scriptures? Have you been invited into a journey with the scriptures? Do you need to take that invitation? Again, you have connection cards on your table. They give you opportunities to get involved with something we call discovery groups. These are amazing opportunities to get engaged. Last thought, as we take a look at this story, I find this story really fascinating because the last thought here is that it shows us, though, that all of this, while this is all good and it's important to have, uh, be honest and it's important to get engaged with the scriptures, the last reality this story points to is this third idea here uh, today, that none of this, though, can be forced. An encounter with God, with hope, with genuine spirituality can't be forced. God has to do something to help us, quote-unquote, see. And this is the weird part of the story, right? Like you see in this first paragraph, at the end of the first paragraph, the last sentence, but God kept them from recognizing him. God kept these two people from recognizing Jesus. And it's only until the end that all of a sudden it tells us, the story tells us that all of a sudden their eyes were 
were or opened and they recognized God. And so the question is like, why? Why does it, why does it happen this way? And perhaps for you, you've been asking this question for some time. Like you, you come to Ethmos perhaps, or you, you've come because of a friend who's spiritual, and you look at their lives and, the, and they seem to have it all together, and they seem to get this Christianity thing or this Jesus thing, and you're wondering, why are they getting it, but I'm not getting it? And you read this story and you're like, okay, well, it says God has to do something, so it's like, okay, God, well, why do you do it to them, but not to me? And then you start asking the question, well, am I even responsible then? Like, God, if you're not going to help me see, then why are you judging me? Like, if you're supposed to do something and you're not, then why are you judging me? These are some fascinating questions that we can't completely answer here today. But I do think this story points to something that can be helpful. It points to two things. Number one, it points to this idea that sometimes we aren't ready to see. And that we have to go through a process in order to really see. Right? I mean, for whatever reason, Jesus thought it was important. They go through this process of wrestling and thinking through the scriptures before they actually see it. And the reality, and the funny thing is, again, some people are getting baptized today. You're going to hear this principle at work in their lives. These two people who got baptized were around religious people, people who believed in Jesus, all these things. But for whatever reason, they had to go through what they went through until they finally got to that moment where God opened their eyes. And if you ask them, on one hand, they wish they didn't have to go through that because it was tough. But on the other hand, they wouldn't trade it for anything. Because if they didn't go through it, they wouldn't be able to actually finally see. And so for some of us today, we are on that journey where we're kind of getting angry, honestly, upset with God, wondering like, wait, why aren't you helping me see? But perhaps God is trying to bring us through something. And so we need to be aware. We need to be sensitive. We need to ask around. Like, do you think I'm missing something? Can you help me see perhaps something I'm not seeing? But then the second thing about this story that I find really helpful is that I think God does this sometimes to us because he actually is trying to help make this whole experience with him and Easter and all these things. God is ultimately trying to help us to have a personal experience. God is not here to force something on us. He's not here to try to socialize something with us. He's not asking us to kind of go through this psychological group think. No, he's trying to give us a personal experience. And sometimes there's a journey that needs to happen. Sometimes it takes seven miles, so to speak, of asking questions, of debating, of trying to figure things out. Sometimes it requires going through utter disappointment when you've put all your eggs in the basket in order to finally see. As a pastor, I, I get to hear a lot of stories. Um, I'm always amazed by what God has to bring us through. He's not doing it because he's mean. He's not doing it because he somehow enjoys our suffering. He's doing it because he wants us to have a personal, a genuine, a real experience with him. 
So my hope this Easter, as we think about where we might be, as we think about how this Easter story relates to us, my hope is that we'll be honest. We'll start with in a place of honesty. Maybe you're going through massive disappointment now. It's okay. We don't want you to fake it here. Please don't. Be honest. It's okay. Number two, my hope is that we'll jump into this journey of exploring the scriptures. There's something there for us, whether we've come to God already or we're still on that process. I hope we'll explore the scriptures this Easter. And then last but not least, I hope we will realize that God is trying to make this a personal experience for us. He's not trying to make us be cultural Easter-believing people. He wants something real. And as we take this moment to pause and reflect and Again, think through where we may be on this journey of genuine hope and genuine encounter with God this Easter. Again, I hope you, I hope you feel that the kindness and generous, generosity of God uh, through this conversation, through the scriptures we've read, that God, if he is there, he indeed is a person who is not looking to force. He's not looking to coerce you in ways that will be detrimental to you, to me. But he is looking to invite us into the process, into the journey. And so just kind of in the, the quietness of your own heart, your own mind, your own soul, Again, I just want to invite you to, to do what you got to do, to, to say what you needed to say, to, to, to talk with whatever, to talk it out with God, whatever you need to do in your journey, in your step. I just want to give you an encouragement to do so. And so, God, we, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for this invitation for all of us to be on a journey with you. We thank you that this event, the story, and the, the implications of this event of Easter are there for us to embrace, to experience. We thank you for the hope that is there. Would you help us to just move forward and, and take those steps we need to take to experience this amazing gift that you have? Thank you again for this time. Thank you for all that will happen this afternoon with our baptisms and all that will happen in this new season of spring. It's through Jesus we pray all these things. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, please visit us at ethnosmb.com. 